God, I have a question. If you are omnipresent, why then would you create Satan? This was a question that I asked about four months ago in deep prayer as I was studying Genesis. I just started to think like, this is so hard. Why would you even do this to begin with? Boy, when I tell you God is good, four months ago, I asked in prayer, God, why would you even do this? Why would you create Satan? I'm struggling so much on this earth right now, and it's all because of the sin that has been created. Why? So it's been four months since I had that prayer. God came to me in prayer the other day ago as I'm praying about something else. That's just kind of how he works. Sometimes I'm like, I'm praying about this, and he's going to try to answer a prayer from four months ago. God whispered, he said, do you remember Pharaoh? Again, I'm perplexed because I'm thinking to myself, what does this have to do with what I'm praying about now? In fact, I had forgotten even about the prayer from four months ago when I was reading the Bible and I was like, God, why would you even create Satan? And then God said, don't forget the story about the clay potter. You just read this in your studies. You know about the clay potter. I'm like, yes, I know about the clay potter and you told me to remember Pharaoh. Again, God, what does that have to do with what I'm praying about now? And then God sent me on this journey to focus on not just Pharaoh. He said, focus on the heart, hardening the heart as you command, Father. And so down the rabbit hole, I went. But let's back up. I'm going to start at the beginning because I absolutely now know why God created Satan. So as I go through this video, I'm going to be referencing my iPad a lot because the reality is, is all of this is straight from the scripture. None of this is something that I've made up. And at the end of this video, you guys will completely have a different perspective on why God created Satan and what it actually means uh, for us as followers of Christ. So what does it mean to be omnipresent? I started this video off by saying, God, you're omnipresent. So if you know past, present and future, why would you even create Satan? For those that don't know, to be omnipresent means to be present everywhere at the same time. It suggests that God is fully present in every corner of the cosmos, aware of all events, and is accessible to individuals at any moment and at any time. This attribute underscores the transcendent and boundlessness of our God's nature. It emphasizes his ability to be with each person individually while sustaining the entire of creation. Okay, check this out. So this can't be by accident because the reality is, is if you're omnipresent, you already knew what the devil was going to do before he did it. In fact, in Colossians chapter one, verses 16, it says, for in him, all things were created, things in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. It's pretty interesting how that ends. Focus on the point. It says created through him and for him. So I'm going to quickly just pose a question. Let's say that we're God, right? And I create a dog. I would never like hardwire that, that creation to bite me. Like I would never wire that dog to bite me at any point. I would make certain that when I created that dog, that it knew not to bite me. So this leads to my next question. How in the heck could the devil literally like trick round up all of these angels to somehow turn against God because in fact God is omnipresent so it's almost like if you knew that why wouldn't you just stop it before it even started 
I'm not sure about you all, but these are a lot of the questions that I had as I start to dive deep into the Bible. I said, God, I am trying to understand your nature and your character, and I just don't understand like if you're omnipresent, you know all things. You're the Alpha and the Omega. Why would you allow this to even continue? Even if the devil, let's say, somehow turned and his heart starts to, you know, turn in some way, why would you allow it to somehow spread to a third of your angels? Revelations 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. In fact, how could the devil even get away with this? Because it says in Jeremiah 23, 24, it says, Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Let's go deeper. How could the devil even know to disobey God when they only moved and worked upon the word of God? They obey God and his word. Psalms 103 uh, verse 20 praise the Lord you his angels you mighty ones who do his bidding who obey his word in fact it says the angels are literally created to serve humans on earth God's greatest creation they are here to be our helpers Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So this is what we know so far. God is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he has created all things through him and for him. God is omnipresent, past, present, and future. So he knows all things and is capable to manage all things at once. The angels cannot literally hide from God at all. So God knows all things, created all things. The angels cannot hide from God. Yet I am to believe that some type of rebellion took place in heaven and God not only knew about it, but allowed it. This is where God told me to go deeper. So then as I began to go deeper, I started to realize there's not really a lot in the Bible about the devil. I mean, obviously his sinful nature uh, is mentioned throughout the Bible a ton. Uh, his wicked ways are, are often mentioned, but like specifically like who is the devil? But then it struck me. This is less about who the devil is. And this is more about who my God is. And this was the part where God wanted me to go deeper. So I start to think, why would God even create him in the first place? So in studying the Bible, I've put together four points that even tell us why he was created in the first place. The first point is going to be spiritual warfare and growth. The existence of the devil provides a context of spiritual warfare where individuals can engage in a struggle between good and evil. The struggle allows the spiritual growth, resilience, and development of virtues as individuals resist temptations and choose righteousness. Step two is going to be manifestation of God's justice and redemption. Uh, the devil's rebellion and subsequent role in tempting humanity showcases God's justice and redemption, y'all. The redemption of God's story uh, accumulating in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This addresses the consequences of sin, offering a path of reconciliation and emphasizes God's mercy and love. This one's pretty deep, y'all. The last two are powerful. If you really think about it to create the devil meant that god was actually laying the framework for moral accountability the presence of the devil underscores the concept of moral accountability by allowing the devil to choose rebellion god established a framework for moral choices highlighting the importance of aligning with divine principles 
And the last one completely tells me my why. It's free will. That's what this was all about. God wanted to create beings that chose him freely. So God created beings with free will, angels with free will. The existence of the devil allows for testing of free will as angels and humans have the choice to obey or to rebel. The devil's rebellion exemplifies the consequences of misusing free will. Don't miss this. What is free will? Free will is the philosophical and theological concept that individuals have the ability to make choices and decisions freely independent of external influences. It implies that individuals possess the power to act according to their own volition, making choices that are not predetermined or coerced. Okay, we're getting somewhere. This is about free will. Okay, this is starting to make a little more sense. But we must go deeper. So quick recap, in the beginning, remember I told you guys, God told me to focus on the story of Pharaoh. And then he also said, don't forget about the clay potter. And then it struck me when God told me to focus on the story of Pharaoh. I remember the story of Pharaoh is almost what led to me four months ago praying about this in the first place. I don't know about y'all, but I was so distraught. I was like, God, Pharaoh literally, obviously he's a terrible person, right? But at some point, Pharaoh was like, God, I recognize you as the right God, the true God, the Lord and Savior. But then I read Exodus 7 verses 3 through 4. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. This is when I was like, okay, God. So the man is like, he's like, hey, forgive me. Like, I get it. You're the real true God. And you harden his heart? And I don't know about y'all, but I kind of had an issue with this story. I was new in Genesis, new in deep study of the Bible. And to just think that like, God, you intentionally made him basically continue to do this so that you could act out all of the plagues upon the land. What's really interesting about this phase of my life is, is I was really trying to find out the character of God. I'm trying to understand who my father is. So I thought it was interesting that God told me to focus on this story over so many of them that I've read so far in the Bible. So then I got to thinking, the only reason that the story of Pharaoh truly bothers me is not that God destroyed him. The reality is, is like, I understand war. I understand all of that, especially in those times. But the sticking point was the hardening of the heart. But then I got to thinking, like, why would God point that out in the first place to me, knowing that that was my sticking point? And it's led me on a beautiful journey of understanding even more about the depth of our God. So now I'm trying to figure out what is God trying to show me with hardening of the heart? Like, is he trying to tell me something? And so the search began. Let me tell you, I'm not even sure how I missed all of this. Pharaoh in Exodus, Exodus 7, 3, 4, it says, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart. King Sion in Deuteronomy 2, 30, it says, but Sion, the king of Hezbon, would not let them pass for the Lord their God, hardened their hearts and hardened their spirits and made his heart abstinent. 
the Canaanites and Parasites in Joshua, Joshua 11:20. It says, "For it was the Lord's doing to harden their hearts." The people of Israel in Isaiah 6:10. It says, "Make the heart of the people dull and their eyes heavy." Uh, it says right here, the Judea leaders in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 11:20. It says, "And I will harden their hearts." Right here, the Israelites in Romans, in Romans 11, 8, it says, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that were not hear. Guys, listen, Deuteronomy 2.30, uh, Judges 6.34, Romans 9.17, and on and on and on. God is clearly showing me that he intentionally hardens the hearts of individuals all throughout the Bible so that his will will be done. Do not miss this connection. So if angels are specifically created to do God's bidding and to obey God's word, how then did the devil disobey him? What if God hardened his heart intentionally to do all of this? And then it hit me. Four months ago when I started this prayer, I struggled with God and that the fact that he would harden somebody's heart that was trying to change their ways because they recognized him as God. And then God sent me on a journey to understand his character and that he hardened people's hearts all throughout the Bible. But never forget when I started this video, I said there was two things he told me to look into. Pharaoh and hardening of hearts in Exodus and the story of the clay potter in Romans. Romans chapter 9 verses 20 through 21. No, don't say that. What are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make jars for decoration and another one to throw garbage into? And then it hit me, y'all. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope that last part sinks in to each and every one of you all. Because essentially what God has done is he has said that I want to be with my children. And he literally has created a system so that we have the opportunity, y'all, to freely choose him. Because he did not want to create another angel or another mountain or river or ocean, all the things that he could do. God said, I want people that want me and not by coercion not by fear of hell so he did all of this to create a system by which we that make it through those that choose him he knows can walk amongst him in heaven because he knows that they chose him in this system that was created, we chose him over sin. We chose him, though it's hard. We chose him 
Though sometimes it's easy to not choose him. Guys, he created this all. The devil, this isn't no happenstance. The devil just didn't, he just didn't sneak one or get one by God. He created him as the potter creates a pot. One for decoration and the other for trash. He, this entire book, this entire book is a combination of God trying to get true servants, true love. Guys, that's why he has the reference of the bride and the bridegroom. Like, this is intimacy and relationship. God did all of this, created the heavens, the hells. He had to say, I want people to be with me. And how do I do so without forcing it? Because I am their creator. Because like if I was create something, I would create something that's going to be nice to me, love me. I would input that in it. God truly created a system, y'all. How good is he? How brilliant is this? That he created the devil for that purpose. Because without moral accountability, how do we choose right or wrong? How do we know to choose God unless we have choices? So yes, it's all true. There was a rebellion in heaven and the devil uh, convinced all these angels to leave. But let's not forget what this is about. The potter from the beginning, they were not the decorative pots. They were the trash cans. God designed it. And then he showed me. He said, study Pharaoh. And as I dove deep, y'all, the entire Bible is God orchestrating his will of us to have the option to get to him. Option, I say, an opportunity. And literally sent himself down in the revelation of himself, Jesus Christ, so that we have that opportunity to be saved. And he says it right here, Isaiah 43, 7. It says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And when he says his glory, that doesn't mean that because Judas Iscariot turned on Jesus, that was for his glory as well. Oh my God, this is so good. So as I truly look back and think, God, I struggled so much on why you would just let these things happen. You're omnipresent, but all these things just kept happening. No, nothing just happens. And you want to know how I know this? Isaiah 46.10 says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. God's telling us right now that he has a complete sovereign control over all events, over all of time, and that his will will be done. Even if I have to harden your heart, you, my will will be done. And the more I think about it, God says that he made us in his image, right? What is the first thing we do as humans? We come down here on earth, we start creating things, we start, we start making systems 
so that we can decipher between good and evil. If you do bad, you go to jail. If you do good, you do this. If you get good grades, you get this. And if you don't get good grades, you do this. Like we have done the exact same thing. And sometimes I wonder why would we do all of this? Well, because we're made in his image. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Remember our Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, try God, triune God. Why would he say our? Okay. In our likeness so that we may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals. Y'all, everything we're doing is because we are made in God's image. We are made in his image. And this is all us creating systems just as he has. So guys, listen, in Revelation 3.20, it kind of sums it all up. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Guys, how beautiful is it? That four months ago, I am truly studying and struggling with God. Like, why, why would you harden hearts and make people? And God says, it's because it is the only way. It is the only way that I could truly get to your heart and know that you have chose me. Not because I created you, not because I'm God, but because you love me. So God literally gave us a glimpse in this from Genesis to Revelation, an entire love story written out about all that he has done so that you and I would have an opportunity to answer that door knock. Guys, he's so good. I encourage you guys to know that we have a potter that has made us. And he wants us to be decorations, y'all. He wants us to be decor. We are not the trash can bins. So choose him. Pick up those Bibles. Pick up that cross, y'all. Pick it up and choose God. This was so deep for me because it shows so much about the character of our father. It has helped me understand throughout the entire Bible why things went this way and why things happened. It's because it was ordained from the beginning and our potter who molded us from the dust of this earth already had this whole story ordained, y'all. And he has called us to be with him. So choose him. And that's why he says that the road to hell is so broad. It's like broad as oceans, but the path to him is narrow because so many of us will come and ignore this and choose this as our eternity. When he says this is a staging ground to get to him. This is the schooling. This is the test to get to where we're trying to go. So I ask each and every one of you to repent of your sins, pick up your cross, go read the book of John and get to know who our father is because he's so good and he did all of this for us. Everything that you're looking at was for us from the beginning to the end. Satan, all of it was for us. So I truly hope that this video has helped you, help you understand the character of our God and the extent that he would go through.
to give us an opportunity to spend eternity with him. And for those out there that may be watching this that may not know, or for those lukewarm Christians, those that have that have been that understand who God is, and at maybe some point in your life you've been saved, but but you've not been living right, please say this with me, okay? I'm gonna read the sinner's prayer to you, and this is a way that you get saved and and, and, and achieve salvation, okay? And salvation is a gift that God gave to us on the cross when he died. And this is a gift that cannot, like you don't have to do anything to earn it. It is a free gift from God. It is the ultimate sacrifice of the blood of the lamb. Our God, Jesus Christ, who gave it all so that you and I would have an opportunity to be saved, have salvation and spend eternity with him. And if you are somebody out there that wants to spend eternity with Jesus Christ and you're done being a lukewarm Christian and you want to pick up your cross and you want to follow Christ, I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again. I repent from my sins and invite Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. And by your grace and mercy, I am so thankful to be saved. And in your son's Jesus' mighty name, amen. And guys, if you said this prayer with me, please put down in the comments and say, I said that prayer, I am saved, and amen. Guys, I am so thankful to have you here with me today. This is Eric Scott with the Lions Faith Podcast. I am on a mission to share the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And if this message has blessed you today, please like it, share it, because you never know, there might be somebody out there that needs to hear this word. Because I can tell you when God gave me this revelation about the devil and this creation and what this all was, it opened my eyes to almost every story in the Bible. And it all makes sense if it's pre-deceived and it's already out there and that he is the great potter has already wrote this story as our author. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. And nobody's tricking and fooling him. There is no rebellion, rebellion that goes unnoticed. God knows all because he is the author. I thank you guys. Stay blessed. Amen.